Amen. Now this morning we're continuing our series, Heavenly Places, which is a series about the unseen realm. How many of you know there's an unseen realm, uh, an invisible realm, and it's just as, is as, as real or more real than the natural world, right? And, uh, uh, you know, we need to be aware of it because as Christians, as you live your life, uh, you're going to face it every day. And so uh, in week one, we talked about heavenly places. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual reality. And the Bible says in John 4, in verse 24, it says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in and in truth. So God is a spiritual being. He's an invisible being that must be worshipped and understood through the spirit and by the spirit. It's a spiritual thing. And then... uh, And then in week two, we talked about, Pastor Kelly helped us, and we talked about the spiritual reality of our heavenly home. How many of you glad there's a heavenly home? And, uh, you know, I love what the Bible says about it. In in John 14, in verse 2, Jesus said, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be there also. Amen. So I'm looking forward to the heavenly home because as the Bible describes it, it's going to be better than over here. Amen. It's going to be better than this place. It's going to be, I believe the temperature is going to be like we've been experiencing 24-7 for all eternity. Amen. And then in week three, last week, we talked about the spiritual reality of hell. Now, there's way more people that believe in heaven than they believe in hell. But Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, Do not fear those who can kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, according to Jesus, hell is not an imaginary place, but a spiritual reality that needs to be understood as we live our lives. Amen? You see, the amen for this point is not as great as heaven. See, see what I'm saying? How many of you know we need to live our lives strong for the Lord? Amen. Now, today, as we continue our series, we're going to talk about another spiritual reality, and it's the spiritual reality of angels, God's invisible agents. How many of you believe in angels? Well, I do too. I, I don't think you could convince... Uh, some people that there aren't, you know, because some people have experienced, you know, angels in ways. You know, I, I was reminded of, um, you know, this story, this family of four that were camping in California. And uh, it was a Christian family and they set up camp and they built a fire and they were getting, you know, it was, it was getting dusk. It was almost dark. And they pulled out the Bible, read a couple of scriptures. And, and the dad said, let's pray for God's blessing." Uh, on our weekend. And so he began to pray, pray for God's protection. Uh, just as they finished praying, all of a sudden, some guys rode on in some motorcycles, wielded some guns and said, give us all your money, all your valuables. And so they started, you know, putting all their valuables together at, at gunpoint. And then, uh, and just as they were about to hand over the valuables to the, uh, to the robbers, all of a sudden, they, their eyes got really big. They turned around, jumped on their motorcycles and took off. And, and they were standing around like, what, was this a, was this a prank or what? And, uh, and, and they couldn't believe it. And, and uh, while, uh, while they were uh, setting up the camp and after they had read the Bible and stuff, they were taking pictures and it was, you know, in the day where you had to get them developed. You remember that day? Like a long time ago, you had to get your pictures developed. 
And, and they got their pictures developed and got the pictures in. And they saw a spiritual being in, the, in one of the pictures, like standing over the campfire. And, you know, they couldn't help but believe that there was an angelic host there protecting them. Amen. You know, somebody, uh, some of y'all are familiar with John Hagee. You know, he's a, he's a real timid preacher that's on TV. And he don't really talk about what he feels or anything like that. But, you know, I don't know if you heard that story, but he was in the pulpit preaching one day. And somebody walked in the, in the sanctuary, pulled out a gun and started shooting at him multiple times while he was standing in the pulpit. And, uh, and, and they did, you know, they looked at it after and saw where the bullets. And they said, there's, listen, there's no way. And, and he was fine. He never got, got touched. And they said, there's no way that he should have got out of this thing without getting shot because the bullets were, were standing right where he is. They must have been some kind of spiritual reality there that was protecting them. Amen. And then I was thinking about, I don't know the details of the story, just exact, but I remember Brother Francis was preaching one day and it was in the old sanctuary and he was preaching and one of his grandsons, and I can't remember the age of Ian, but he was a little fella. And, uh, and, and on the way home, he told his mom and dad, said, Mom and Dad, who was that standing behind Papa whenever he was preaching? And they said, well, son, there was nobody standing behind Papa while he was preaching. They said, oh, yeah. He said, that was somebody, a big man standing behind Papa while he was preaching. Come on, how many of you know Brother Francis was encouraged by that? Amen. He had an angel watching over him as he was. I'm wondering about just right now, what's going on in the spirit realm? Amen. But come on, how many of you believe in angels? Amen. I believe in them too. Scripture supports the reality of angelic beings. Angels, God's invisible agents, are found throughout the Scripture. From the very first of the Bible to the very end of the Bible. The Scripture tells us angels are created beings. Some people, uh, some people believe in angels, some people don't. In fact, some people say they've personally seen or encountered angels. I personally haven't seen them or encountered them, but I know they are around me. What about you? As far as I know. Amen. And, uh, you know, this heavenly host, unlike humans, they were given, um, they, they, they were created. Uh, in Nehemiah 9 and 6 says, you, you alone, uh, we were created. Excuse me. We were created, but like humans, angels were created. And the Bible says in Nehemiah 9, 6, You alone are the Lord. You have made the heaven, the heaven of heavens with all their host, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. How many of you know the Lord created the host of heaven? The Lord made heavens, and he also made the host of heaven. The Apostle Paul affirms that angels are created in Colossians 1 and 16. He says, for by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. As you can see, angels created by the Lord for the Lord. Amen. And they were spiritual angelic beings that God created. And the scripture tells us that the angels are innumerable. There's so many of them, you can't count them. They're uncountable, like the sand on the seashore. In Hebrews 12, it says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Now, 
When Jesus was arrested, he reminded his disciples. Remember, you know, they, they were re- arresting him and one of his disciples pulled out his sword, cut off the ear of one of the soldiers. And Jesus says to them in Matthew 26, 53, do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? So Jesus said, listen, I can ask the Father, and right away, he's going to send 12 legions of angels. Now, a legion, according to what I read, is a legion is, um, is 12,000 angels, uh, or 72,000 angels, excuse me. And so 12 legions is close to a million angels. So Jesus said, I could have a million angels come right now if I wanted. Remember while John was on the Isle of Patmos, and, uh, and uh, he was given this, this vision of the heavenly host. And the Bible says in Revelations 5.11, Then I looked again and I heard the voice of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and elders. And they sang a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, and glory and blessing. So John said, I heard voices of thousands and millions of angels. You see, See why we sing when we come to church? We want to be like angels. That's a joke. The angels are singing round the clock in heaven. There's a a 24-7 worship service going on. Amen? And I'm sure those angels can sing on key. Amen? And they have perfect timing. But John saw this picture. And there was millions and millions of angels all around heaven. And according to the scripture, that's, that's how many there are. Now, the Bible also says angels have supernatural strength and ability. And the scripture says angels are given this, this supernatural empowerment from the Father. Remember the prophet Daniel. Uh, he reported that God had sent only one angel to destroy 185,000 Assyrian troops. Now, think about that. Only one angel took care of 185,000. The Bible says, 2 Kings 19.35, that night the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 men in the Assyrian camp. One angel. One angel. And later Daniel reported that God sent an angel to shut the mouth of the lions. Remember when he got thrown in the lions then? And and, and he was supposed to die. These hungry lions are going to eat him up. And, and, but Daniel said the reason why the next day he was still alive, they pulled him out of the pit, everything was fine. And his report was, Daniel 6.22, my God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. Come on, how about it? Listen, listen, if an angel can destroy 185,000 Assyrian troops and one angel can shut the mouths of lions, imagine what a legion of angels could do. Amen. Come on, I'd like a legion at least around me. What about you? Amen. And so then the Bible says angels, although spiritual beings, can sometimes take on human form. They're spiritual beings, but sometimes they can take on human form. So that's why we should be careful about how we treat people. Because you don't know who you're talking to. Amen. You don't know who you're dealing with. Amen. And if you read the Bible correctly, you got to make sure. Don't just just because somebody's a stranger, just go off on them. Amen. Remember, angels are strong. Amen. (laughs) Hebrews 13 and verse 1 says, Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget. To entertain strangers, for by doing 
By so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Now, I'm sure they got stories in this room of people that have had experiences. You know, I would love to. I just haven't, you know. But I know they got, I got some angels around me. What about you? Now, this verse reminds me to always be nice to strangers. Why? Because you never know when you're dealing with an angel in human form. Right? Are y'all hearing me out there? Are y'all breathing out there? Now, don't look at your spouse. See if he's an angel. So according to the scripture, angels, and there's many descriptions in the Bible, but according to the scripture, not only are angels real, but the Bible tells us that angels are given specific roles and functions. And as you read the Bible and as you see the, the activity of angels, you can see their roles. But there's two main roles of angels. And the first main role of angels is angels are first and foremost worshipers of God. And that's what we can see clearly. Hebrews 1.6 says this. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. The number one role and function of angels is to bring glory and honor and to worship the Lord. In fact, in Revelations, again, you know, the book of Revelation, remember, it's all a heavenly scene. Paul was in the spirit and everything he saw was in, in the heavenly realm. So, you know, the whole, as he describes it, he describes in Revelations chapter 7 and verse 11, he says, and all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to God forever and ever. So you can just get the scene in your mind. Here they are in heaven. John sees this heavenly scene and all these angels, they're bowing down to the Lord and they're worshiping and they're, and they're declaring blessing and glory and wisdom and honor and thanksgiving belongs to God. So listen, why do we worship? Because we want to be like heaven, amen. We want to practice what we're going to do for all eternity. You know, worship is not an add-on to the service. It is the service. It is giving glory and honor to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the Prince of peace, amen. And that's the scene that we have here, amen. And so you can see an important point to remember is angels were created to worship God and not to be worshiped. Angels were created to worship God and not to be worshipped. And you remember, you know, in one of the scenes when John was on the Isle of Patmos and he received this heavenly vision of the New Jerusalem, Pastor Kelly talked about it in week two, and he started to worship the angel that had given him that vision. And the Bible says in Revelations 22, and by the way, I'm not going to talk much about this, but the angel brought him the vision. And so in verse 8, it says, I, John... And the one who heard and saw these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But he said to me, do not do that. Is that clear? Is that kind of clear in the scripture? Do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who heed the words of this book. Worship God. 
Worship God. And they, John was going to worship the angel. And the angel said, oh, no, 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 hold on. <laughs> Let me duck. Worship him. Amen. Come on, look up. Worship him. Amen. Amen. The angels don't want to be worshiped. They want to deflect the worship under God. Amen. We need to be a little bit more like angels. When the people try to worship us, we need to deflect it to God. Amen. Come on. How many of you know we got bad breath? Amen. We got flesh. Amen. We have B.O. We ain't nothing to be worshipped. We need to deflect it under the Lord. He alone is worthy to be worshipped. Amen. Come on. Let me hear you say amen right there. Amen. So when it comes to the treatment of angels, angels don't want, do not want, nor receive worship from man, but rather encourages men to worship God. Amen. Is that clear? The second role and function is of the angels is angels obey God's commands. So the first function is they worship God, but their second function is they just obey God's commands. And so, listen, Psalm 103 and 20 says, Bless the Lord, you mighty angels of His who carry out His orders, listening for each of His, listening for each of His, yes, bless the Lord, you armies of his angels who serve him constantly. Now, there's numerous scriptures that can support this point, but according to scriptures, angels hang around the throne and they're like runners. They're waiting for the command of the Father. And when the Father gives them instruction, they go and obey his command. So, According to the scripture, angels are like divine runners or couriers, and they're just waiting around. Want me to do anything? And then one passage, you know, I think there are angels all over the United States, and they're just, they're just waiting for any instruction from the Father. And whenever he says go, that's what they do. Remember when Daniel received, um, or when Daniel survived the lion's den. And remember the Bible says that... Uh, uh, you know, he, he made it through the, and, and the king said, Daniel, you survived. He was as excited as Daniel because he didn't want to throw Daniel in there. But, you know, Daniel, he understood why he made it. And he says, listen, Daniel 6.22, my God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. My God. It was because God dispatched the angel that the mouths of the lions were shut. I want some angels around my property. How about you? And you know, so angels, their primary role is to worship God. Their second role is just to do what the Father tells them. Now, as I was studying this, I thought, we need to be more angelic-like. And we need to have our primary role. Listen, God created us to worship Him, and there's no greater thing that we can do than to worship Him. As you read the stories of the Bible, as you read the history of the Bible, anytime the people of God worship the living God and then go into idolatry, God blessed them. But as soon as they got into idolatry and they started worshiping the creation instead of the creator, they got in trouble. There's a huge lesson right here. The more we, we give our allegiance and worship God, the better off we are going to be. Amen. So let nobody steal your worship and don't let nobody worship you. Amen. Come on. You receive that today. Amen. But listen, the other part is we need to obey God. 
We need to obey his commands. Let us not, the Bible says, don't be like a stubborn mule that has to be drugged around. Come on, let's go to church. No, no, we need to just be like, you ain't got to tell me to go. I'm going, amen. You ain't got to tell me to serve God. I'm serving him. I don't need to be prodded to serve God. I'm doing it on my own will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve and I'm going to obey the living God, amen. Come on, you can't go wrong when you just serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, amen. Bless the Lord. So angels are God's invisible agents created to care for God's people. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who inherit salvation? So now we see clearly, notice the angels are ministering spirits. In other words, which means they're invisible. They're undetected. You can't see them with the natural eye. And even whenever they take human form, you don't know you're dealing with an angel. But the the Bible says they're ministering spirits to minister to those who inherit salvation. Who is that? That's God's people. Amen? That's God's people. So the main function of angels after worshiping God is to minister and care for God's people. And listen, whenever you think about what God commands his angels to do, he commands his angels to take care of his people. Amen. That's what he does. That's why, that's why they're there. You know, God loves us, saints. God is crazy about us and he wants to take care of us, amen? And we need to be convinced of that. We're not serving a God that is harsh or hard or calloused or, you know, mad or anything like that. We serve a God that is crazy about us and that wants us to succeed and he wants us to be blessed more than we want to be blessed, amen? And so as you look at the scripture, you can see that there are five ways angels can care for God's people. And the first one, is that angels can protect God's people. And Psalm 91 and 11 says, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Now, Lord, would you order some angels to protect me wherever I go? How many of you want some angels to be ordered to protect you wherever you go? How many of you would like more, more angels to be ordered? Lord, would you put, would you order more angels to, to protect? I need a lot of protection, Lord. Would you put, would you send a few more? And so that's what scripture says. He will order his angels to protect you. Remember that family that was camping in California? The angel protected them from the robbers. Remember Daniel and the lions then? The angel protected them from the lions. We can't see angels, but I believe there are angels all around. Why? Because the Bible says so. Amen. And I don't fully know all the activity and all what the angels are doing, but I sure like the idea that I have heavenly hosts, that one can knock out 185,000 troops. I like, I like to have, the, I like the idea of having angels around me. What about you? Are you encouraged? Do you feel a little safer right now? Do you feel a little bit more blessed knowing this? Amen. Man, it's good to know the, the word. Amen. And so angels primary are first, they can protect God's people. Angels can assist in answering prayer. 
And we see this in Revelation chapter 5. We see where angels are connected to the prayers of the saints. In Revelation 5, then I saw, in verse 6, I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings. And among the 24 elders, he had seven horns, seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and he took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they held golden bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Have you ever thought about every prayer that you pray is like incense? In the scene, there's golden bowls and it's filled with incense. And then the scripture says, which are the prayers of God's people. So the angels are handing the Lord this bowl, this golden bowl with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. You remember in Daniel chapter 10, when Daniel went on a a lengthy fast, went on a 21-day fast and because he was seeking an answer from God. He was wanting an answer. He was wanting the Lord to answer his prayer. And, and he was wanting to understand what he, had, what he had seen. And there was a spiritual conflict, the Bible says, happening in the heavens. You remember that? And, and it was, uh, the conflict was between the prince of Persia, which was a demonic spirit, and an angel. And... It was hindering the answer from coming to Daniel. And and in Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12, it kind of unfolds a little bit. And he says in verse 12, then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of of the kingdom of Persia. And now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So Daniel had a vision. He didn't understand what the vision meant. He was asking the Lord for the interpretation. He went on a 21-day fast. The Lord sends an answer, and there was a conflict in heaven. The angel was bringing the answer. It's obvious an angel brought the answer to Daniel according to Daniel chapter 10. And Michael continued to fight that demonic spirit while the angel brought the answer. So, man, you know, whenever you think about that, listen, prayer is not a small thing. Prayer is a large thing. And I don't think we, I don't think we pray enough if we really understand the power of prayer. And whenever you think about, whenever you pray, that angelic beings move around in the heavens according to our prayer. It makes me want to just stop right now. Lord, release your blessing, release your favor, release your grace, release your anointing. And I believe even as I pray that, the heavenly hosts are moving on behalf of even that prayer. 
Amen. Come on. I believe when you pray at your house, when you pray over your family, you have no idea what's happening in the heavenly realm. We can't see it with the natural eyes, but my friend, you can't, there's nobody that can get away from the power of prayer. Amen. Come on. An angel can run through the wall. He can, he can unlock blocked doors. Come on. He can soften hard hearts. There's nothing the Lord can't do. Amen. Come on. Are y'all with me out there? Come on. We need to pray, amen. And listen, it don't have to be these long, elongated, you know, big worded prayers. Jesus help me is sufficient. Amen. Jesus help me. I need your help is sufficient. Amen. And I think everybody can pray that prayer. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just sense right now, there's some of you right now that just need God's touch on your life. And I just want you to know that as soon as you cry out to God, who knows what happens in the spirit? Amen. The Bible says that angels can strengthen us when we're weak. And after, after the angel came through the, the conflict, the Bible says in verse 18, then the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I felt strength returning. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. So you see the angelic being coming on behalf of, of Daniel, as he's crying out to God, he's fasting, he's praying, he's in a weakened state, and the angel speaks strength over him, touches him, and he gets empowered, amen. And so listen, my goodness, no telling. Remember when Paul was in prison and he prayed, and he was in prison and he prayed, and an angel came and unlocked them doors, amen. Amen. Could it be that, you know, how God ministers to us when we pray, we know his Holy Spirit comes to comfort, strengthen, and empower us, but could it be part of the way that he does is he sends angels and they start moving things around in the natural that we can't even know, we can't even tell, but there's things going on around us that we can never see, but man, who knows what's happening, amen? Man, I wish I could get me some, some better spiritual glasses where I could see better in the heavens, Amen. What about you? Amen. It just encourages me to want to pray. God, give me spiritual eyes to see. Give me spiritual eyes. Let the eyes of my heart be open where I could see what I could only see with spiritual eyes. Amen. Wouldn't that be great, gang, if we had better spiritual light and insight where we could see with, with, with people that don't know the Lord can't see it at all. Amen. You remember when Jesus had been weakened by fasting? in the wilderness for 40 days. And the Bible says in Matthew 4, 11, then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Angels came and took care of Jesus. Wow. Man, I'm encouraged in the Lord. Angels can bring divine guidance. And we see that again in, in Daniel chapter 10. In verse 20, he replied, do you know why I've come? Soon I must return to fight against the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And after that, the spirit of prince of the kingdom of Greece will come. Meanwhile, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. The angel revealed the guidance Daniel was seeking from the Lord. And then finally, danger, angels escort us home. And, you know, we looked at Luke chapter 16 about, you know, the poor man and the rich man that died. And the Bible says that the poor man was carried into, into the bosom of Abraham. In Luke 16:22, finally, the poor, man, the poor man died and was carried by angels to be with Abraham. 
And then, you know, it's interesting that it says the rich man also died and he was buried. The poor man was carried into the bosom of Abraham. The, the rich man just was buried. The angels were there to escort him into glory. So as you look at this, the main function of angels after worshiping God and obeying him is to minister and care for God's people. And that's what Hebrews 1.14 says. Are not all the angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? How many of you would like the Lord to dispatch a host of angels? If they're at his disposal, I want him to, I would like for him to dispatch more and more, legions and legions. How about you? Amen. That will serve him to take care of me throughout my life. And whenever you think about angels, you know, there's things people, we're going to talk about this next week, but there's things that people can do to attract demonic spirits in their life, around their life, right? I believe there's things that we can do to attract angelic beings. Amen? And, and I believe that we should be aware of that. That we don't, we adults, we can go do whatever we want, live like we want. But do you want demon spirits or you want angelic heavenly hosts around your life and your house? I want angelic. What about you? I want heavenly hosts. What about you? Amen. Now there's two ways to attract, I believe, God's invisible agents around you. And the first one is you got to walk in the fear of the Lord. And that's what the Bible says in Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. We can attract demonic spirits, but I believe we can attract heavenly hosts. And when we walk in the fear of the Lord, I believe it attracts more of the heavenly hosts. And that's what the verse says there in verse 7 of Psalm 34. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Listen, I walked with the Lord and I haven't walked with the Lord and I believe that I attracted the wrong kind of spirit whenever I wasn't walking with the Lord. Wrong kind of heavenly host. But it's nice to know that God releases his heavenly host around those who fear his name. Amen. And what does that mean? That means live your life with a healthy respect and reverence for God. Amen. Come on, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is clean. We're not afraid of God like to worship Him or serve Him. But listen, you know, whenever I was going to school, I had a healthy fear of the principal. Y'all get that, don't you? They had this procedure they did. They, they did it a little different back in the day. They had a piece of wood about, you know, about that wide, about that thick, and they laid it on your backside of learning. And my brother, it caused a whole lot of discipline problems to go away. You'd hear it in the hallway, boom. I had a healthy fear of the principle, amen. And it helped me to live my life in a way that was honorable, amen. It helped me position my life to be blessed. We need a healthy fear of the Lord, amen. And I believe that's what we need to take out of here today. But then finally... If you want to attract God's invisible agents around you, 
Surrender your life to Christ and receive his salvation. Amen? And this is, a, this is the verse that we're going to end on. Are not all angels, all angels, ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? I want, I want to be a candidate. What about you? Would you do me a favor and stand? Y'all receive this message today on the angels of the Lord. Angels are not to be worshipped. They designed to worship God, obey God. We need to be a little bit more like angels, amen? Would you just do me a favor and just close your eyes for just a moment. Just close your eyes. All of the heavenly host, all of the heavenly rim blessings comes by faith. It comes by making a decision to put your trust in the Lord. The Bible says angels have been created by the creator and that are sent to serve God's people. Now let's just begin to just open up our heart right now and just say, Lord, release your heavenly hosts around my life. Release your heavenly hosts around my family. Release your heavenly host to break the prince of Lafayette, the prince of, of Acadiana, the prince, the generational curse, the, the spiritual darkness that would try to invade my family. Lord, release your heavenly host right now over this congregation. Lord, release your cherubim, seraphim. Lord, release your warring angels, God. Lord, release your heavenly host. Lord, to, to pastor this church today. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that God, you would send legions and legions of angels to escort, to bless, to guide, to direct, to protect your people today. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for the hand of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, the servants of the Most High, the, the angelic servants that are here. Lord, we just ask for you to release your, Lord, your provision for us today. Listen, if you're here today and you've never, you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you've never asked Him to forgive your sins, or maybe at one time you did and walked away and you realized the need to turn towards God and ask Him to forgive you and inherit your salvation. If that's you today, would you just lift your hands and acknowledge that I want to pray a special prayer for you. Just lift it high so I can see it. Just lift it high. There you go. Anybody else? Anybody else? Listen, I want you to just pray this prayer. If you just raised your hand and you say, Todd, I want to make sure that I'm a Christian. Father, just say this. Father, Let's pray. Let's say it together, saints. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me from every sin. I do want to live in the fear of the Lord. I do want to live the Christian life. I'm sorry for every sin I've ever committed. Today, I choose to submit my life to you. I want to honor you. I want to reverence you. I want to live for you. Would you forgive me and cleanse me 
from all my sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for washing me and purifying me and allowing me to be one of your children today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen and amen. Come on, let's just get, come on, let's just take a moment to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of, let's join the host of heaven in worshiping him. Glory and honor. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. You know, I was thinking about this. If angels like to be worshiping the Father, then I think they like to hang around people that worship the Father. Amen. Amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time and gave your life to Christ, there's a card in your pew with a green line across the top. I made a decision. I just want to encourage you to take that card, fill it out. We have a gift for you. We want to give you some tools to get you started. You can either go into the, uh, into the lobby at the info center or just come and tell any one of the altar workers here that you've prayed that prayer. And we just want to congratulate you and give you all the encouragement we can. Amen. How many of y'all believe it's good to serve the Lord? How many of you glad you're serving the Lord today? Amen. And the altars are going to be open. If you need prayer for anything, if you're just having a tough time, don't leave without getting somebody to pray with you. Amen. May the favor and the blessing of the Lord be upon you as you go. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You're dismissed. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.